for Monk and Tamanay, by God. Twice. Twice? Only twice? You call that doing your civic duty? Come with me. Oh, no, you don't. Get back and sit down. Here's another one. Clean them up good. Shave their beards off, boys, and send them back to vote again. All right, boys. Vote Monk Tamanay. Monk Tamanay. Monk's already won by 3,000 more votes than there are voters. Only three make it 20, 30. We don't need a victory, we need a Roman triumph. But we don't have any more ballots. Remember the first rule of politics. The ballots don't make the results. The counters make the results. The counters keep counting. and welcome to the main event. Open up with that scene from the Gangs of New York. Yes, that's two weeks in a row I use Gangs of New York clips. Couldn't help it. The clips have to match what's going on. You know, hey, hey, it's, the, it's not the ballots that, that win the election. It's the counters. Keep counting, keep counting. Tuesday are the midterms. Tuesday is going to decide which way this country's going. I suspect, I suspect if the Democrats are successful in in stealing it like they did in 2020 that uh life as we know it is over and we'll see lots of stuff going on uh i use that song van halen panama because that's might be where one of the places that some of us are moving to if this country falls apart and if you don't already agree that it's falling apart now you might check your pulse you might be dead so uh, we're going to see what's going on. We're going to see how the midterms turn out on Tuesday. Make sure you vote. If you're not sure who to vote for, just vote for everybody with an R next to their name. Don't vote Democrat for anything. Even if it's your best friend, we can't let the Democrats have any kind of any kind of majority, any kind of power. We have to vote Republican on everything. The propositions in California are no on everything. We don't care about... We don't care about vaping. We don't care about gambling. We don't care about uh, the Indians being uh, self-sufficient so they can pay $20,000 a month to their kids and never teach them how to be responsible because that doesn't create responsible people. Um, oh, yeah, but it it, uh, it creates independence, independence for the Indians. Hey, guess what? So does a job. So anyway, so uh, we're going to talk about everything that's going on. And before I do, let me introduce myself. My name's Ed Hoffman. The greatest lender on the face of the earth, still still not able to tell you what company I'm working for, but if you need to get in touch with me, 
Call me at 855-640-2020 or send me an email to Ed Hoffman at UAMCO. UAMCO. I can't tell you where I'm working, but that's my email. UAMCO.com. So, uh, so send me an email and I will, uh, I will get back in touch with you and, uh, and we'll help you find the, uh, help you get your real estate financing, whether that's refinancing or purchasing, whether it's in California or another state, I'll help you out with that. And it better be by next week. I'm told there's one last thing waiting for the DRE to, to change and, uh, and we're ready to go. And I just don't know how fast, you know, the state, the state government offices, they just don't move very fast because it's run by a bunch of Democrats. So maybe they don't want me to clear because they know I'm a Republican. I don't know, but don't. But if you're a Republican, don't be a secret Republican. Don't be a secret agent. You know, hey, when uh, when you're in the loan business and you know you're a lo- loan officer, but nobody else does, that's because you're a secret agent. If you're in the insurance business and you know your insurance business, but nobody else knows, that means you're a secret agent. And guess what? If you read my book, Experience Matters, here's mine. Uh, you'll know that's not a, a good way to uh, to build yourself a, a brand. So anyway, so I'm going to talk about all this stuff before I do. Uh, uh, in the studio with me today, Mr. Scott McPhee, proprietor of Don's Bikes. Uh, Scotty. Ed, well, great to be back here, man. Welcome back. Welcome back. Thanks. Good to be here. <clears throat> so we have the big pre, uh, pre-election show. We thought we'd uh, bring in some more uh, some more some more uh, opinions because uh you know everybody's entitled to opinion and uh everyone's entitled to ours so uh before we go get into the election stuff uh elon musk took over twitter this week much to the chagrin of uh, liberals after realizing that tweeting their threats to leave the platform once he took control didn't work they started a hashtag resist campaign and congratulated each other on how brave they were all for staying meanwhile liberal media is asking why biden and the democrats didn't stop musk from buying it in the first place we need to make that make sure that twitter isn't run by the corporate owner but has independent governance boards and principles could the biden administration could democrats in congress have said or done anything to prevent or even slow down this musk purchase of twitter i feel like if george soros had been buying twitter the right would have made far more noise and expressed more outrage dems just let it happen as if it's fine for twitter to become yet another platform for misinformation and hate you know do these uh, liberals not realize they're that we're in america and if somebody wants to buy something they can do with it what they want uh you know hey the, the guy that bought my house next door i don't like the color he's painting his house guess what it's his house he can do that you know this has been something that's been talked about for quite some time and i don't think it's possible to even overstate the significance of this this could be a major game changer like major elon musk could go down in history as one of the greatest Americans of all time. I mean, look, we've been, we as conservatives have been faced with censorship. We've been to platform. We've been demonetized for a long time now. And if what Elon says is true, if in fact he wants to open up this platform for free speech, it, it changes everything. Exactly. And uh, now you go on Twitter and you don't even know if you're talking to a person. People make comments. I get on there and sometimes I just wonder if people just tweet things just to start fights. Well, you also wonder if how much of this, how much of Twitter is actually real. I mean, that was also been some that's been coming up. How much of, of Twitter accounts are actually bots? They're just fake. And there's estimates, maybe it's as high as 50% of Twitter isn't even real. 
Uh, but one thing's for sure, you know, people that say, oh, we're going to be brave. We're going to hang around there. Yeah, you're going to be gone <laughs> like like very shortly. He's already starting to gut that organization. He's removed the board, kicked off some of the major players within that organization. He's probably going to kick off most of the staff, most of his employees as well. I would think he should. I would think he should. You know, if they if they really want free speech, Elon Musk is going to make sure that happens. The problem is they say, hey, you know, you just can't have just people just saying anything they want. Well, that's the whole reason that Twitter and Facebook are are a problem because they don't let anybody say what they want. They only let people say what they want, what the what the people, what the liberals want. So if you're a conservative, you get cut off. Your your uh, your your posts get squelched. People can't see them. And uh, and you know uh, Zuckerberg already admitted that uh, Dorsey, who ran Twitter uh, at that time, um, hasn't hasn't had opportunity to uh, to admit that he did that, but we all know it did. Well, yeah, and, and, and again, the, the main point too is that, you know, it's it's getting our messaging out. If, if our messages don't get out through censorship and other things, it, it's a problem. But if if it does, if our messaging actually gets out with a level playing field, we win, Ed. We yep. win. Yep. Uh, and uh, without it, we're in North Korea. Yeah, pretty so, much. Or uh, China. Yep. Um, so let's talk about the midterms as the Republican message on inflation, crime and Im- immigration has taken hold across the country, meaning, uh, hey, do you like how the prices have gone up so much since uh, since Biden took office? Do you like the price of gas? Do you like uh, all the illegal aliens coming over here and committing crime? Do you feel safe letting your wife go to the grocery store by herself at night? Um, as that's taken hold across country, we've been hearing rumbles of a red wave for over a month. Of course, we heard it earlier in the year. And then when the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade, um, all of a sudden it was, oh, we're going to lose because of that. Now it's all gone back to, hey, you know what? Abortion really isn't as important as how much it costs for me to feed my family. And abortion really isn't as important as as, uh, you know, whether I whether I get mugged or carjacked or uh, or or mugged or raped or. Uh, while I'm filling my gas tank. Um, so the the real the people are starting to think, hmm, what's really important to me? So uh, now now it's uh, now it's pointing to a to a red wave. But what are the real numbers that point to Republicans taking back the majority in just one week? For that, we go turn to Fox News power rankings. They put they put info into each race into a formula that spits out an estimated outcome for all 435 House races and 34 Senate races. It's not a guarantee, but it's something. It's really not something. It's really nothing because uh, anybody can support anybody can predict anything. And uh, of course, Fox has their uh, their algorithm that they're using. And of course, we we remember 2020 where the algorithm was 98 percent chance Hillary is going to win the presidency. And so, but let's talk about it. Fox's power rankings for the midterms see shifts in 18 competitive House races and two Senate races. Predictions for the House, where the Democrats currently have a majority of 220 seats and Republicans have 212. Republicans could take back the House with a 19-seat majority for a total of 236 seats. That's a gain of 23 seats compared to the number they hold in the House today. For Democrats to hold on to power... They would now need to win every single toss-up race across the country. Toss-up races include five in California, two in Nevada, four in New York, two in Texas, and 13 more in other states that aren't as uh, big and powerful as California, New York, and Nevada. 
um, and Texas. A total of 26 toss-up races, so it's not looking good for the Democrats. Democrats' best-case scenario, 212 seats, which is which is still six seats short of a majority. Republicans' best-case scenario is 249 seats, a gain of 37 seats, a solid majority. So uh, it's feeling pretty good for the Republicans. Well, you know, it is. And, and everything would indicate a big red wave. And I'm just cautiously optimistic, Ed. I don't know. I mean, the only thing that could prevent a big red wave is a massive amount of coordinated fraud. And that's really about it. And that's where I'm like, I don't know. I mean, they're very powerful. They have a lot of control. And as we're recording this show, you damn well know that there's people in boardrooms and hidden little rooms are plotting on how to how to flip this election and keep it in the in the hands of the Democrats. You know that's happening, Ed. Exactly. And you, you heard uh, um, Biden's speech on Wednesday night, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But Biden's speech uh, Wednesday night said, hey, you know, first they count all the ballots from Election Day and then they take all the mail-in ballots. So it could be two, three, four days afterwards yeah. before we know who, who owns this. You right. know what? We've never had that in history until 2020. Yep. And what was funny is the basic, the ba- there was a basic Republican wave uh, across all these ballots except for president. So people were 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 voting majority of Republicans, but not for president. The presidential the presidential all went to Biden, which I don't think the the Democrats were were counting on how to uh, how to win the whole ticket. They only wanted to make sure we got rid of Trump. So it's it's uh, you know prepare prepare for a big a big cheat. Um, prepare for that. Let's hope for the best. Prepare for the worst. Um, and again, you know what? Panama is available. I, I know people that are say, are talking about moving to Mexico, <laughs> selling their stuff and moving to Mexico down in uh, Rosarita and uh, say, hey, I know I could buy a place down there. It's cheap. Everybody's cool. Nobody uh, nobody commits crimes because, uh, you know, you know, you don't want to go to jail in Mexico because you get uh, put in isolation. You get starved. You get beat. And uh, and they don't want to commit crime, so there's not as much crime. Although we hear about third world stuff, um, I know the first time that Don and I went to Mexico on a cruise, and we we went to Ensenada, and we walked down through the town, and we went to uh, to uh, Papas and Beer, and we couldn't believe some of the things that we saw, couldn't believe some of the things that were going on, and I go, how is this stuff legal? Um, because it's Mexico. And Mexico is a third world country. But people are moving there to get away from here because now that's happening here. I wonder if Mexico is going to build a wall, Ed. You know what? <laughs> right. Keep the Americans let's, out. Let's hope so. <laughs> and whoever runs Mexico will be saying, hey, we're going to get America to pay for it because <laughs> America pays for everything. So, uh, so predictions for the Senate. Control of the Senate is still up in the air. The races in Georgia, Arizona, Nevada, Pennsylvania are still toss-ups. And, of course, we don't know... If they're really toss-ups, because it's hard to believe that the voters really, really believe what the polls are saying. And and I always just go to, no one ever calls me for a poll. So who are they calling? If Democrats win all four states, they retain their Senate majority. And unfortunately, Monday's New York Times poll indicates that that's a possibility. Now, realize this. this is, I'm going to talk about some numbers from the New York Times poll. Um, according to that poll, Democrat candidates hold a slim lead in all the states except one, Nevada, where it's a dead heat for incumbent Senator Catherine Cortez Mastro uh, versus uh, Adam Laxalt, 
both at 47%. For the other states, let's start with Pennsylvania, where sitting Senator Pat Toomey is retiring. Democrat John Fetterman, the guy with half a brain, leads Republican uh, Dr. Mehmet Oz 49 to 42, which I've seen other polls that, that show it a lot tighter. And of course, a couple of polls that show that uh, Dr. Oz is ahead. And after the debate that was uh, we saw two weeks ago, it's hard to believe that anybody's still considering voting for, for uh, Fetterman. Of course, we know that voting started about a month ago, and uh, a lot of people cast their ballot before really knowing if, if Fetterman had, had a half a brain or if he had three-quarters of a brain. Either way, I can't believe people are voting for this moron. But the poll was conducted October 24th through 26th. As we all know, the debate where voters saw their own, with their own eyes how unfit Fetterman is for the job happened on the 25th. So they did all day the 24th, all day the 25th. At the end of the day, the 25th, um, people saw the saw the uh, debate, but only people that watched the debate saw it by then. The rest of them saw clips of it on the 26th, and that's when the last thing was happening. So, you know, typically the news cycle, you know, the interested people watch the debate, and then it takes three, four, five days for everybody to see all the clips that are out there. Um... So I don't put much credence in this in this um, in this poll. Uh, so some of the some polled before the debate could be leaning the other way now, and of course the people that voted before the debate uh, could be leaning towards how do I get my ballot back? If Fetterman's debate performance didn't change your mind, maybe this endorsement will do the trick. I thought he was really good. I thought he knew what he was doing. I thought he was strong. And look, Fetterman is Pennsylvania. I mean, Fetterman is everything that he appears to be. You know where he stands. He has great courage. He has no reluctance to say what he thinks. He's my kind of guy. Yeah, uh, Fetterman is Pennsylvania. My sister lives in Pennsylvania, huh. and I'm and I kind of I kind of might agree with that. Ed, I have a comment, which would be, how about Biden-Fetterman 2024, right? That's that's probably as strong as Biden, uh, <laughs> well, Biden-Harris. Maybe, maybe their slogan could be, we may be incoherent, but we're incoherent. You know, to me, Ed, this, this would just be a stroke of good luck. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because um, clearly nobody wants, you know, if Biden runs, he's. I would think that someone would say, get rid of Harris. Because you're probably just going to die in office, or you're going to, or you're going to get impeached, or something. So make sure we have someone that's that's uh, that's has some competence. Imagine uh, what a train wreck that campaign would be. I'd work on it just for fun. <laughs> Did you get my comment? By the way, a stroke of good luck. That's awful. A stroke of good luck. Yeah. yeah no, I missed that. Okay. I missed that one. Sorry. Uh, sorry, but uh, it should have been. I should have been paying closer attention. In the other Senate raid, uh, in the other Senate races, we need to watch on election night. Poll results are Arizona incumbent Mark Kelly uh, leads Blake Masters, Republican, forty-nine percent to forty-five percent. Which I can't understand that either, because because <laughs> no. Kelly's just changing his his uh, his his uh his positions as we get closer to it oh man it looks like i'm i'm losing some of my uh some of my uh lead i better uh i better switch over to some other other positions you know what if people would just tell you what they think then we'd know and in georgia incumbent Raphael warnock leads retired nfl football player Herschel Walker, 47% to 44%, which I've seen that closer as well in some other polls. Regardless, the margin is narrow enough that Warnock's campaign clearly thought they needed the big guy's endorsement. 
No, not that big guy. This one. My point is not that being a football player disqualifies you from being a senator if you had put in the work. Seems to me he's a celebrity who wants to be a politician. And we've seen how that goes. Yeah, we did see how that went. Uh, We saw a businessman that became a celebrity that became a politician. And, of course, we got jobs here. We got companies pulling back into America from moving their factories to other countries. We saw energy independence. We saw the price of gas at a buck seventy-two a gallon. We saw uh, the border wall going up, and the border was under control. And uh, you know, and and just about just about that time, this time uh, uh, before the twenty the twenty sixteen election, Obama was saying the same things. When somebody says, like the person you just mentioned, who I'm not going to advertise for, that he's going to bring all these jobs back. Well, how exactly are you going to do that? What are you going to do? There's, the, there's no answer to it. He just says, well, I'm going to, I'm going to negotiate a better deal. Well, how, what, how exactly are you going to negotiate that? What magic wand do you have? And usually the answer is he doesn't have an answer. Yeah, and uh, of course Obama watched uh, Trump become the president, and they watched him wave his magic wand and negotiate deals. So jobs came back, and the unemployment was low, 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 and uh, and things were things were getting better. Taxes were going down. Uh, everything we were, you know, we were energy independent. Everything was, everything went that way. Well, how did you have a magic wand? How's he going to do it? He did it. He just didn't tell you how until he until he got in there. Here's Herschel Walker's hilarious comeback to uh, to Obama's comments. And I'm gonna pray for Obama too, cause he needs some prayer. Cause all he's doing is sitting in his nice house, coming down here trying to tell us how to live. He don't even live here. Get out of here. You're not voting for me. Well, I tried to tell Obama, I'm that warrior for God. He said, I'm a what he said, I'm a what did what do you call me? What did he call me? I'm like a, a, a celebrity. I'm like what the world? He only hangs out with celebrity. He never hung out with me. You know, uh, it's funny too because I mean. But we were talking about earlier, by every measure, we are like way worse off than we were four years ago, like way worse off. And it's everything. It's crime. It's inflation, which is at record highs. Uh, we've lost our energy independency. Our borders being absolutely overrun. And not that many people are talking about it. Certainly nobody's talking about it on the left. And I guess the big question is for all these races, are things bad enough where people are like, okay, I'm done. I'm, I'm voting Republican. And that's, that's the big hope, Ed. Yep, exactly. And that's, uh, that would be the logical thing, but the media is trying to, to, uh, steer us into believing that's not what's going to happen. Obama didn't just target Herschel Walker though. Here's what he said about the idea of a Republican majority. I have to speak the truth, which is these days, just about every Republican politician seems obsessed with just two things. Own the libs. Yeah, let's own the libs. And and getting Donald Trump's approval. That's their agenda. They're not interested in solving problems. They're interested in making you angry. And then finding somebody to blame. And they're hoping that that'll distract you from the fact that they don't have any answers of their own. If they get control of Congress, they will spend the next two years investigating President Biden and their political opponents. That's all they want to do. They see it as payback. They've already got prepared that they're going to impeach 
Uh, Biden, they're not sure what for. <laughs> but apparently that's beside the point. Yeah, let's hope that uh, the Republicans get together and actually and actually do that. You know, the, fu- the funny thing is, Ed, that they always seem to be talking about themselves. Who wanted to impeach a president? Who likes to get people angry? Who's dividing people? I mean, that that's all them. That's all them. We're not interested in censoring them. Basically, I, I don't want to, what's the word, own the libs? I want to get them the hell out of office. Everything down to dog catcher, Ed. That's what I want. Exactly, Ed, and I agree. And... Uh, um Obama att- Obama attempted to use some humor with the voters in Georgia, but without even trying, it's Joe Biden who provided the real comic relief on the campaign trail. They're still determined to eliminate the Affordable Care Act. And by the way, if they do, that means not a joke, everybody. That's why we were defeated in 2018 when they tried to do it. We went to 54 states. Yeah, 54 states. I didn't realize we had 54 states. But who taught them how to count? Uh, I've now been in 50... Seven states, I think one left to go. Yeah, Obama, I didn't know we had, I guess we have 58 states when Obama was in office or when he was campaigning, uh, but we must have lost, we must have lost five and uh, and now we're uh, now we're down to, or the four, now we're down to 54. Hey, anyway, we're all out of time for this uh, half of the main event, so stay tuned for five minutes of traffic, weather, sports, and commercials, and we'll be back with lots, lots more. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman with a uh, with an unknown company that I'm not allowed to advertise for yet, still. But if you uh, if and I don't talk a lot about real estate and finance on the radio because uh, if you're not in the market for it, it's uh, it's boring. And of course, now when I can't advertise what company I'm I'm with, it's uh, it's increasingly awkward. So, uh, but if you want to get in touch with me, uh, call me at eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. Or shoot me an email to edhoffman at uamco.com. But I'm not allowed to tell you where I'm at. All right. Might, might get in trouble for that, but so be it. So if you're just joining us now, you uh, I'll tell you that in the studio I have uh, my buddy Scott McPhee, proprietor of Don's Bikes and Rialto and Redlands, in the studio with me. Yo, Ed, let's do this. It's, uh, we're doing our, our pre-election thing, and uh, now we've gone through all the all the polls and uh, our predictions of what's going to happen on Tuesday and of course what's our prediction I don't know we, we don't know yeah. we're praying we're praying for no cheating um, and the Democrats the Democrats are gonna see what they did if they cheat again because I think I just think the the people of America you know what if we all if we all would stand up and talk like I do you know and speak out your beliefs I wear I wear a, a Trump a Trump shirt into Costco and people come up and they go I love your shirt <laughs> and I go why are you whispering because <laughs> people don't people don't want to be out there with their with their political beliefs you know if if we all spoke up then we wouldn't feel like like we're a like we're a minority here well you know the funny thing is you bring that up Ed but I've spent the last couple months working on political campaigns for local candidates in my area just having people stick a sign in your yard it's like like you know, like I'm asking them to parachute into Normandy or something. I know. You I, know? I I uh, I took pictures of my ballot, all filled out, and posted them on Facebook. There you go. And I said, "Hey, here's how I'm voting." Good. And mostly because so many people are calling me, "Hey, how should I vote on this? How should I vote on this? Who are you voting for?" Because we don't know who these candidates are. So I uh, 
I filled out my my ballot and I filled out Don's, and uh, Don goes, "What about my ballot? <laughs> Don't worry, I'll get to yours next." Um, and uh, and we, uh, I I just took pictures of it, posted on Facebook. So if you if you find me on Facebook, if you're not sure how to vote on something, if you're in my area, because if you're if you're not in uh, in the Riverside Moreno Valley area, it's, a lot of the stuff is different because the candidates are different, um, but. That's what I'm doing. And I will tell you, um, Jaime Hurtado, who's running for president, uh, running for president, running for mayor of uh, Moreno Valley, uh, sent me the, the our district polls. And, uh, and the Democrats are way outvoting the Republicans. So uh, I'm, I'm thinking that Republicans like to wait for election day and walk their ballots in or go and vote in person. That's how Don and I have always done it. And uh, our, our ballots have been filled out for a week. And I'm just don't want to mail it, and uh, I'm hope hopefully that's that's the reason I want mine to be the one of those uh, election day votes as I always do. But don't sit this one out, folks. If you're not if you if there's any kind of a doubt that you're going to be able to get to the polls on Tuesday, then drive them by the by the polling places and drop them off early. And I wouldn't pop it in the mail, but if that's your only way to do it, then pop them in the mail. But if uh, if you know, you could go into in, in Riverside. In Riverside, uh, there's a, a whole bunch of places you can drop them off. I, I drop them off at the Registrar of Voters, which is Riverside, right on the edge of Marino Valley, off of Day Street on uh, Gateway, on Gateway, and I walk in and just drop it in. But I'm gonna do that on on Election Day because I know for a fact I'll do it on Election Day. So, um, but if there's any, if if you have to work. And you know it's gonna be a it's gonna be hard. That most of them are probably open over the weekend. So drop those things off if there's any kind of question that whether you're gonna get them in. Go vote, go vote. Um, and if you're in Moreno Valley, vote for Jaime Hurtado. Uh, he's in my Christian men's group, and uh, he's a good man. And I just don't trust anybody else. You know, we typically have have some uh, some lib that's uh in in bed with the uh with all the big developers in Moreno Valley and uh you know it just hasn't worked out good for our city. So uh so vote for the right people. Um so anyway, let's uh, let's go on to uh um the last ditch effort. Uh so here's there was attack on Nancy Pelosi's husband Paul Pelosi at their San Francisco home last week. A true act of right-wing extremism. Or was it a last-ditch effort to convince voters that voting Republican means voting for political violence? No one is saying that Paul Pelosi didn't really get hit in the head with a hammer by a 42-year-old David DePap. This is about looking at the evidence of how and why it happened, because plenty of things don't add up. So let's look at the evidence and then make up our own minds rather than blindly believing what the media and the law enforcement is telling us after changing their stories. You know, if it was the truth... The good thing is if you tell the truth, you don't have to have a great memory. You just tell the truth all the time. Um, and the story is the story. But it's just, you know, that someone, uh, some powerful person gets attacked and the law enforcement can't even keep their, uh, can't even keep their story straight. Hey, this is what we report in the initial and say, oh, whoa, 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 wait, we don't want to say that. Don't say that. So change the story. But, you know, we have them social media. We have the media. We have YouTube, have all these things. So everybody's recording. Everybody's recording you wherever you're at. Um, so first, there's evidence that this was an act of drug-addicted, mentally ill person. Reporters have gone to the dilapidated school bus where David DePap was living 
and the hippie collective where he lived before, which is right next to the school bus. The guy must think he's uh, Danny Partridge. Um, hey, I'm living in a I'm living in a school bus. This school bus was white, wasn't yellow anyway, um, or multiple colors as the Partridge family bus was. As you've probably seen in the photos, the signage outside both homes is not on par with any right wing beliefs. Both locations have decorations like gay pride flag, a sign that reads Berkeley stands against hate, and a B- and a Black Lives Matter banner. And I'll say it's a BLM banner. It's not the Bureau of Land Management. It's Black Lives Matter in this case, for those of you that watch uh, White Lotus. Um, so it looks like the PAP has a lot of left-wing beliefs. Not right. How does that jive with the idea that this guy wanted to attack a left wing, the left-wing Speaker of the House? I don't think it does. You know, Ed, when I first heard this story, it seemed like Jussie Smollett all over again. There's just so many weird things that don't make sense. You know what I mean? Exactly, exactly. Uh, you know, hey, some guys in some MAGA hats attacked me and put a noose around my neck. Hi. And uh, then we find out that he paid some guys to do that. And this is starting to add up like that. The media say, the media says that claims that DePap was, was a nudist are misinformation. So are we not supposed to believe that the pap's neighbor told what he what she told a reporter anything strange about him or anything that stood out there's something strange about the whole household <laughs> the entire household is very very strange they are just you know nudist drug abusers and that's who gravitates toward them yeah you know you, there's a lot you can learn from talking to people's neighbors no no for sure again this this whole thing smells ed this whole thing smells. Um, it's like, yeah, he sounds like a right winger, all right, right? You know, and, and you can see how hard they've been trying to make this guy a Trump supporter. You can just see it. Exactly. So next after that, San Francisco DA, Brooke Jenkins, says there there were no live security guards at Pelosi's home that night. Does that sound right? Because she's been saying that she's had uh, security for a long time. Uh, I think it was... Uh, Nancy Pelosi said she's had Capitol Police officers guarding her home around the clock for almost two years since January 6th. You know, when there was a big insurgency in in uh, in Washington, D.C., so they tried to make it look like Trump supporters were trying to uh, take away democracy. And uh, and sounds kind of like the uh, the the plot the FBI put together to say that right wingers were going to kidnap and murder Gretchen Whitmer in uh, in Michigan. So where were they last Friday at 2 a.m.? Sounds like uh, what happened to those 24-hour, 24-7, 365 uh, security cameras in jail where Jeffrey Epstein, uh, they just turned off right before he committed suicide. Hmm. Sounds peculiar. You know, Ed, also, I mean, I know this, we didn't cover this, but you know, Paul Pelosi was involved in an accident because he was drunk driving, right? Yep. That didn't make any sense to me. Why would they, why would Nancy Pelosi's husband be an alcoholic? I think I would, I would believe he's more of a crack addict. Yeah. Um, it seems like there's a lot going on when uh, Nancy Pelosi's in Washington, D.C., and uh, Paul Pelosi's at home alone. Mm. Seems to be uh, some strange things. Of course, I'd probably be doing strange things, too, if I was married to Nancy Pelosi, but I'm not. So, and according to the people who have lived in Pelosi's neighborhood, there isn't a single home on the block that doesn't have an alarm system. Most of them have glass break detection, which would have activated when DePat broke the window to get in. But no alarm was triggered that we know of, and San Francisco DA Brooke Jenkins won't tell us. 
So whether or not they had an alarm is still a part of this investigation. We have to make sure that what we release to the public is what we believe is necessary in order just to straighten out this record um, and what we believe the public should have access to. But it's not going to be every single detail of this case because that is not something we would ordinarily do in any other case. They have to investigate whether he had alarm. Why not just walk in the door and look at the walls right next to it? No, she didn't say we want to reveal the truth about this, right? What the people, what we think they need to know. Oh, yeah, but you'd oh. think you'd think that whether he had alarm or not. Yeah, that's that's pretty like. But yeah, look, it looks like the cops are covering up something. That's what it looks exactly. like. Exactly. Hey, well, whether we he had alarm, they had alarm or not. Uh, hey, we walked in. There's a keypad next to the door that would indicate there was alarm. Whether it was said or not. Uh, let's call AD, AD, ADP and see if, uh, or ADT and ask them if, uh, if it was set or not. That would be easy enough to check. So how did DePap get inside the Pelosi home and why are the stories changing? We'll have a gay old well, I didn't, I didn't say that it was the, the Flintstones. That said it. Um, at first press conference on Friday, San Francisco police said there was a third person in the home when police arrived. Even Politico reported that officers arrived at the house, knocked on the front door, and were led inside by an unknown person. Hmm. In other words, by a person who was not David DePap or Paul Pelosi. Now Politico is calling this a baseless claim. Hmm. From Politico. Among the among the unfounded claims that a third person was in the house, that DePap was arrested in his underwear, both claims have been knocked down by authorities, but that hasn't stopped the internet from running amok. And of course, the internet was Politico's own reporting, before they changed their story to match the new version of the DA story that Brooke Jenkins told CBS News. There were reports a third person opened the front door to allow officers to enter. District Attorney Brooke Jenkins says not true. As we want to make it clear that there were only two people in the home at the time that the police arrived, Mr. Pelosi and the suspect. Um, there was no third person present. At this time, we don't have information as to which uh, of the men, Mr. Pelosi or the suspect, opened the door at the time. You know, Ed, um Obviously, both men supposedly were found in their underwear. I guess the big question is, did David DePep have his hand on Paul Pelosi's hammer? <laughs> or was it DePap's hammer? We don't know. As for whether Pelosi and DePap knew each other, here's the 911 dispatch call. RP stated that there's a male in the home and that he's going to wait for his wife. RP stated that he doesn't know who the male is, but he advised that his name is David and that he is a friend. Hmm. Someone's in the home and his name is that there's an unknown person in the home, but his name is David and he is a friend. Mm, yeah, right. You know, there, there's so many holes in this whole thing. Like, like, where's the body cam footage? Right. Why, why were the cops called for what was known as a wellness check? What, what is a wellness check, Ed? You know what that is? Yeah, that's when uh, when the neighbors come over, you're your elderly person and you're living alone. Okay. And they send over, hey, let's do a well wellness check. Oh. Why would they do that for Paul Pelosi? Yeah, did Paul call and say, look, I need a wellness check. Can you come over? Yeah, check. Nancy called and said, hey, I'm over here. My husband's just unpredictable when I'm in Washington, D.C. Can you go over and check on him? Right, exactly. So according to court documents, here, you know what, what's funny before I yeah. talk about this is, why didn't they release the whole 911 call? Why didn't they release the whole thing so we could hear what Paul actually said? That's a good point. 
And then there's a whole bunch of other questions. According to court documents, here was the scene inside the house. When the door was opened, by whom? Uh, Pelosi and DePap were both holding a hammer. That's what we talked about earlier. Exactly. Right? With one hand, and DePap had his hand, his other hand, holding, <laughs> holding on to Pelosi's forearm. Oh. So I guess Pelosi still had one extra hand left. So he's holding the hammer with his right hand, and uh, DePap has one hand on the hammer and one hand on Pelosi. What was Pelosi doing with his other hand? Well, you know what? It's just not fair. I'm taller than this guy, so I'll only use one hand. Pelosi greeted the officers. The officer asked them what was going on. DePap responded, everything was good. Pelosi stated that when the officers arrived, that's when DePap struck him with a hammer. So... Everything's good, cops. We're just standing here with hammers in our hands and our underwear. So All good picture, here. Picture this. DePap <laughs> has his hand on the hammer of the handle. Yes. Pelosi grabs the, the head of the hand of the hammer. Okay. DePap grabs Pelosi's arm with the other one. Yeah. And the doorbell rings. Okay. So they 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 take little steps sideways. Okay. So so Pelosi can use his left hand to open the front door and let the police okay. in. Okay. Right. That's how it all worked. Yeah. Okay. Hey, hold on. Hold on. Stop trying to hit me. Stop trying to grab the hammer. There's someone at the door. Let's Okay. Let yeah. Hang on. No problem. Yeah, exactly. Let's see who's there. Here's the questions we need answered. How did the suspect and victim both end up holding the same hammer in the front of police? Yeah, that, that's kind of odd. Obviously, that doesn't make any sense. Um, also, the other questions, why didn't police shoot or apprehend DePop before he struck Paul Pelosi? Yeah, right? and, I, and we talked about this before going on. Is yeah. I could see, hey, they walk in because somehow they got in if there was no one else in there. So someone opened the door for him. Maybe it was the dog. Yeah, I, I could train my dog to open the front door. Probably not. Um, so how did how, how did they they walked in and they find the 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 again DePap holding the head the the handle of the hammer, uh, Pelosi grabbing the head of the hammer, uh, Pelosi's uh, Pelosi uh, DePap has his other hand on Pelosi's, and he says, "Hey, drop the hammer." And before they can before they can apprehend him or shoot him, uh, Pelosi lets go because he just trusts everybody that much. And DePap swings the hammer, hits him in the head. But but Ed, how did he do all this and call nine one one? Like when this struggle was going on? Oh well, that's 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 <laughs> one of the next questions. Okay. So what happened to Pelosi's alarm, security systems, and cameras, and the Capitol Police guards? Again, what happened to the the security cameras on Jeffrey Epstein's? Uh, uh, cell when he quote unquote suicided himself, and if there was no third person in there, why why was that in the original police recap? Who opened the door for police, and how could Paul Pelosi open the door if he was in a struggle with the pap for the hammer? They said, "Hey, time out, time out." Uh, how was Pelosi able to go into the bathroom to call nine one one if the pap, a psychopath on a mission, was rampaging around the house? stating he was there to find Nancy and hurt her. And why didn't Paul Pelosi just lock himself in the bathroom until the police officers arrived? Which would be normal, because if, you, if you've seen lots of movies and say, hey, I'm under the bed. He doesn't know where I'm at. But there's a killer in the house. They say, stay under the bed and stay on the line with us. Police are on their way. Or, hey, I'm locked in the bathroom. I'm locked in the bathroom with the, with the, with the phone. Okay, stay locked in the bathroom. The police will, will be there. Stay safe. But that didn't happen here. 
Why didn't he just lock himself in there? And why did Pelosi tell 911 that DePap was a friend? Well, yeah, I mean, can you imagine this went down? Hey, David, can you take your hand off my hammer? I got to go to the bathroom real quick and make a call. <laughs> I'm sorry. Things things don't add up. Nope. I don't know. This just seems this just seems peculiar. And will we ever get those answers? Probably not. Not till after the election, at least, Ed. <laughs> exactly. Instead, we get this from the media. But years of Republican propaganda and Trump-fueled fascism led 42-year-old David DePap to break into Nancy Pelosi's San Francisco home. Is this political violence, in your opinion? The statements he allegedly made about where's Nancy, we're going to wait for Nancy, uh, certainly points in that direction. It seems like there's this effort to normalize um, this kind of behavior and to make Trumpers feel, you know, at home and prioritize um, their feelings. This is about election denialism. What has happened over the last two years has seeped into uh, the minds and the thoughts of some unstable people. Deranged right-wing fanatics, Trump media allies, and some of the most powerful people in the world were feverishly trying to stir up conspiracy theories that distracted from the central political headline of this story. Well, who writes this garbage for these people, Ed? I mean, it just sounds so absolutely fake and phony. They sound like actors just reading off lines. It's just an absolute joke. And there is zero evidence, zero, to anything they're talking about. Like, if anything, all the facts we've seen so far point to some guy who was kind of whacked out, probably left-leaning, probably gay, a Black Lives Matter supporter who was just off his rocker. And that that's about it. That's about it. Exactly. And, and you know, where is the uh, integrity in these people that get behind the mic? You know, if I was, if I was there, if I was, if I had a job as an anchorman at a, at a, if I was if I was a Ron Burgundy and uh, the teleprompter told me to say something I didn't believe I'd go I ain't saying this, no way, no way. Oh wait, this is this. Who who writes this stuff? As you said. So what is the uh, where is where is the integrity in the media? And next week this will all go away. Well, we won't hear about it anymore because the election will be over. And even if this was a setup by the Democrats. It wasn't the last-ditch effort to appeal to the voters before Election Day. The real final attempt was Wednesday night when Joe Biden delivered his speech from Union Station near the Capitol. Uh, we all remember that blood-red MAGA speech from September. This one is right up there with it. Um, if you've never been to Washington, D.C., the Union Station is a big, giant place where the trains come in, and it's got restaurants and bars and all kinds of stuff in it, and it's got it's it's like going into a mall. So there's a that's a big area to make a speech, and uh, of course, I'm sure the people that were actually waiting for trains were happy that Biden came in there and they couldn't get from the front door to their train on time, but uh, because this was a speech in in which the President of the United States told Americans. That voting Republican in the midterms is voting for election denial and political violence. My friend Paul Pelosi was home alone. The assailant tried to take Paul hostage. The assailant ended up using a hammer to smash Paul's skull. It's hard to even say. After the assailant entered the home asking, where's Nancy? Where's Nancy? Those are the very same words used by the mob when they stormed the United States Capitol on January the 6th. It was an enraged mob that had been whipped up into a frenzy 
by a president repeating over and over again the big lie that the election of 2020 had been stolen. It's a lie that fueled the dangerous rise in political violence and voter intimidation over the past two years. I appeal to all Americans, regardless of party, to meet this moment of national and generational importance. We must vote knowing what's at stake and not just the policy of the moment. It's within our power, each and every one of us, to preserve our democracy. And I believe we will. I think I know this country. May God bless those standing guard over our democracy. Yeah. So, hey, you know what? Let's not vote for the policies of the moment. Let's vote for the policies of four years ago or two two and a half years ago. The ones that, you know, made the groceries of, uh, affordable for us, that made gas affordable for us, that protected us from crime, that protected us from illegal aliens coming over the border, bringing in fentanyl and uh, other things to harm us. Let's vote for those policies because we all know those policies were making making America great again. And the policies that are making America not great again are the policies of the Democrat Party. Well, yeah, and again, it's funny to hear Biden talk about uh, political violence when they're the most violent party in history. I mean, who was in charge of BLM and Antifa? They torched cities. They ruined, destroyed businesses and communities. Um, yeah, and, and look, Biden is gone. All right, he, he's not even there. Nobody even knows who's running the country at this point. And my only hope, Ed, is if we take back power, they need to go on full-on offense. And I mean full-on impeach Biden, take Kamal out behind him, uh, and just go full to where this never happens again. Never, never, never. Exactly. So uh, at this point, we're we're a couple of days away from the election. Uh, let's everybody uh, pray to God to save our country and uh, get out there and vote. And again, if you have any doubts that you're going to be able to get your ballot to the uh, to the polling places on Tuesday, take them in over the weekend. Don't don't let oh man I got caught up at work and I didn't get a chance to vote. Get out there and vote. Get out there and vote and remember if it has a D next to it, don't go there. Anyway, uh, thanks for for joining me on this episode, Scott. It always lots of fun. My name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event, and I'll be back again with you next week.